Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Welcome to another episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. This week I'm going to be exploring a really important topic to find out more about the ripple effect of domestic abuse that victims and survivors experience and how wide-reaching this can be. I also go deep into finding out ways to help victims and survivors of domestic abuse in constructive ways to help empower them in their situations. So let's dive in now. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Feel a Million Dollars Even If You Are Just Scraping By workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandy j.com.au forward slash workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link. Have you ever heard the expression no person is an island? Well this pearl of wisdom seems completely counterintuitive when it comes to victims and survivors of gender-based violence and abuse. Victims and survivors often not only feel isolated, but literally become isolated from everyone for a myriad of reasons, which I will explore in this latest episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. And those victims and survivors living in places like Melbourne, Australia, where we are still in hard lockdown and made even more restricted and vulnerable than ever before. Fortunately, I'm in um, regional Victoria and that allows me to have more freedom. We've just come out of this really harsh lockdown and um, today everyone was just coming out of the woodworks um, because they haven't been able to go any further than five kilometres from home, but for people who are in um, Melbourne and the regions in and around Melbourne, um, they're still in this hard lockdown and this really impacts on um, the people who are most vulnerable, which are those people who are victims and survivors of domestic abuse. So now, even though this expression, no person is an island, seems counterintuitive when it comes to victims and survivors of abuse, there is no escaping this universal law by which the ripple effect plays out. So let's explore how and look at ways to help victims and survivors who are isolated. So this episode has come about because it was are you okay day in Australia yesterday. This day reminds all Australians to remember to ask others the simple but caring question, are you okay? So many victims and survivors are not okay. And as I said, in places like Melbourne, they are restricted even more by this hard lockdown that they are in. But what about their extended families? Are their extended families okay? There is a saying, a parent is only as happy as their happiest child. So this is the tip of the ripple effect when it comes to victims and survivors of abuse. 
family members will more than likely be worrying about the safety and the well-being of the victim or survivor. The reason that I am including survivors in this context, in this conversation, is because the well-being and sometimes the safety of survivors who break free from a cycle of of abuse can still be really uncertain and there may be ongoing concerns of risk to their safety. And their mental health may have long-term or permanent needs for support. Now, in an ideal world, there would be no abuse and there would be no violence and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the reality of the world that we live in right now is one where one in four women have experienced some form of abuse. In an ideal world, every woman and girl would be able to go through life without the fear of being abused. But the reality is that women are hurt by intimate partners and random attackers. I have touched on parents of victims and survivors being impacted by the concerns that they have for their child. And if those parents are grandparents also to children of the victim or survivor, then the chances are that they will have similar concerns for the well-being and safety of their grandchildren. The stress of worry put on family members can be taxing on their own mental health and their general well-being too. Not only is the victim or survivor made to feel powerless by the perpetrator, the people who care about them are also made to feel powerless because they don't know what to do to improve the situation. And the sad fact is that justice can often take a long time to catch up with perpetrators. So the ripple effect of worry and concern can have long-lasting effects on both victims and survivors and people who have some connection to them. There will also be, as I said, some people with connection to them. There will also be friends of the victim or survivor who will have similar concerns and feelings of powerlessness. And what of the massive ripple effect in the lives of the children of victims or survivors who are either victims or survivors themselves? One of the greatest burdens mothers who are victims or survivors feel is the knowledge that their inability to keep themselves emotionally level because of the damage that has been done to their nervous system that leaves them in this hypervigilant state which makes them ready to snap like a rubber band being stretched to its absolute limit. Well, this energy is being soaked up by their children. So these children of victims and survivors end up mirroring what is going on for the mother. And these anxieties all come out in different ways in the children. And on one hand, they're dealing with this constant stress. The, the mother of the children is dealing with this constant stress of the fear of uncertainty about what might happen next to harm them or the children. And then on the other hand, they're trying their absolute best to keep life as normal as possible for their children, making sure that the children get whatever they can from her to make them feel loved and secure. But it never seems to be enough because there's always this fraught, stressed out energy that um, she's unable to remove because of the situation and the cycle of abuse that she's caught in or has been caught in. So 
as much as that's the case, I know that your mums will try to find moments wherever possible to create a happy memory for their children because that is their desire, is still for their children to grow up and to have some happy memories to be able to look back upon in their lives, even though the mother will know that their lives have been far, far from being picture perfect and happy all the way through. Now you might ask, how do I know all of this? Well, because I have been there, my friend. After six years of having no alarming triggers from my ex-partner, I am happy to say that my nervous system has healed to a very, very large degree. That's not to say that I don't still have my triggers that take me back to that time where I had lost all sense of security in life. But thankfully, for the most part, I can't believe I'm going to say this because for what seemed like forever, I didn't, I really didn't feel this way. But dare I say it, I feel quite normal now. I feel strong. I feel grounded. I feel secure and I feel empowered, which is just amazing to be able to say these things. So I don't take feeling this way for granted, not even for one second, because I know the price I had to pay and I know the price that many others in my life paid to get me to this place in my life now where I am free to live my life without the constant fear of always looking over my shoulder and having that feeling of just feeling like a sitting duck. I know that the ripple effect of my domestic violence situation, I know the impact that it had on myself. I, I know the effect that it had on my children. I know the effect that it had on my family, my friends, my colleagues, the professional service providers who were trying to keep myself and my children safe. So, what I do know from my experience is that as much as I felt alone so many times in my life, that I was, in a way, I was alone, but I was never alone at the same time. And I'll explain more about what I mean when I say that. I feel really blessed because I had some amazing help from exceptional people like Rosie Batty, the mother of Luke Batty, who tragically lost his life to family violence. For anyone listening who has not heard of Rosie Batty, she is an amazing woman. She was thrust into the public limelight after losing her child to such a, a tragic end. She was made Australian of the Year and she took on the cause of raising awareness about family violence. Now, before Rosie, the issue of family violence was not talked about. It was something that was kept quiet. People knew that it happened, but nobody talked about it. My love and appreciation of Rosie goes beyond the massive difference she has made in creating a profound ripple effect in bringing family violence into the limelight. But because Rosie personally responded to me when I sought her out to try and get some help to keep myself and my children safe, she knew from her own experience the kind of stress I was living with as a mother trying to protect her children. And she kept a line of communication going with me. To this day, I send her my love and my well wishes for all that she has done for me and for women everywhere. And also to let her know how much I want her to take care of herself in her own healing journey. 
Rosie created a foundation called Never Alone in honour of her son Luke to help victims and survivors to never be alone in their suffering. After needing to take some time out for her own healing, which is completely understandable given what Rosie went through, Rosie took a break from her um, role in advocating for other victims and survivors and from this foundation and just from the public arena in general. But she has re-emerged and continues to be a women's, has a women's trust um, now to help her ensure that she can continue to help victims receive the respect, the support and the safety that they deserve. Rosie is just one example of a remarkable person that helped me at my lowest point when I felt like giving up because if it, it just all felt too much to get through and there did not seem to be an end in sight for me at that time. And I remember how in the beginning I didn't know who to turn to for help and that not knowing where to turn to for help kept me suffering in silence for years. It, it wasn't until I was um, well along my journey of breaking free from the cycle of abuse that I actually um, sought Rosie Batty out. I had gone through a process of um, reaching out for support, a lot of other support prior to reaching out to Rosie. Um, my family and a few close friends knew what I was going through in those earlier days. They never knew to the full extent what was really going on, but they knew that life had become very unmanageable for me. So they were as unsure as I was about who I should be reaching out to for support. We were all in uncharted territory. We hadn't been there before. And this is the thing with victims and the families of victims and survivors and the friends of victims and survivors. They find themselves in uncharted waters a place where they have not been before. So is it any wonder that they don't know what to do or where to turn for help? Um, because this problem is still one that as much support and help is out there, it's not black and white and it's not clear about what a woman's rights are and what actually constitutes abuse. So there's so many grey areas and these grey areas can be very, very confusing and leave people who are affected by domestic abuse feeling really powerless as to know what to do to actually do something to try and improve the situation. So I never thought, I never would have thought to call a family violence counselling support service to seek advice in those early days when I was caught in that cycle of abuse. And another thing which, you know, can be the case for others is that I was being stalked via my phone and my computer so I was always scared to call anyone from a professional support service in case it was going to make things worse. And it was also very difficult for me to be searching for things online because I didn't have any privacy. And I know this, this affects many, many victims. So it really plays a huge part in, um, in keeping victims um, from getting the right sorts of support at the right time. So I may not have gone about getting help in the ideal way, especially to begin with, but I did get to the point where things were so unmanageable for me that I just started to seek help. I got 
really humble and I got some food relief. I think that's where it all started for me. I got food relief from a church when I was finding it was just difficult to pay for the groceries. Things had gotten so bad financially. I even got some financial financial counselling through support through the church and I got connected with um, some financial debt management um, a service that helped me in that way too which is uh, like it was a, if I wouldn't have tapped into that service at the time I don't know that I would have been able to keep my head above water with trying to stay on top of the challenges as you know best I was trying to work out payment plans with creditors at that time it was really starting to drag me under and if I went under the children were going to go under with me so I am really grateful that I um, tapped into that kind of support and that's an area that really um, that interests me and that I am now doing my own accreditation for to be in a position to not do that financial debt management but to help um, people to become more financially literate to help them to work out to become more empowered again financially um, so I tapped into things like community centers for some relief services and once I started connecting with support services, it became easier to take the next step and ask the next support service for help. As soon as I started tapping into support services, it led me to other possibilities of what other types of support might be available to me that I might be able to seek help for my situation with. So um, that is, it, it was my messy, very, very messy way of connecting with support. And I would just say to you that if you are feeling really stuck about, I'm going to give you a, a a key way so that you perhaps don't have to go through this really messy path that I went down to get to the right support eventually that was going to really make the difference for myself and my kids um, that I would just say to you don't worry about what you don't know just start somewhere with seeking support and it will help you to connect with the right supports so um, don't expect that you should know all the answers because how can you you this is uncharted uncharted water for you all right I want to I just also want to mention that I went to a support group called Al-Anon and that support group was for family members affected by a member of their family having an addiction to drugs or alcohol and getting connected with this group was really pivotal for me in my journey. It really helped me on so many levels. Um, the whole time I had been living up until that point in my own little bubble of very limited understanding, knowledge or experience with how to deal with a member of the family that had an addiction problem that was destroying their own life and the lives of those who were closest to them, including, you know, myself and my children. So <clears throat> what I learned, you know, as well as just that that relief of connecting with other people who understood it just was so I don't know it was just it was a relief a massive relief to understand that I was not alone that because before I connected with this group just when I would look at people in the community as I went about trying to 
go through life and come across as being normal when feeling very, very far from it, that I would look at other people and assume that they were normal. So once I connected with this group, I saw that this was happening to lots of people. This wasn't just happening to me. There were lots of good people whose lives were being disrupted, damaged and destroyed because of other family members who had addiction problems with either drugs or alcohol. So it didn't just stop there, though, with having this sense of relief and having this camaraderie, knowing that we shared this personal pain that we were carrying in our lives, that this is something that we had in common and that we could relate to each other about. But it was also because the more that I attended that group, I the more of an understanding I was able to get about the part that I was actually unconsciously and unwittingly playing in facilitating the addiction and how this was all a part of the cycle of abuse. So this is where I learned that turning the other cheek did not mean allowing the addicted person to destroy my life or the lives of my children. So this is the place where I started to understand that it was okay for me to create boundaries around myself and my children to keep us safe. It was that time where I had a realisation that we had rights and that we had a right to feel safe and we had a right to be safe in our own home and out in the community. So this helped me to draw a line in the sand. Before I had that awareness, I found it absolutely impossible to create that line that said, once you cross over this, then I say no more. So um, it was a very pivotal time in my life getting connected with this group. This is the place where I learned the serenity prayer, which really, again, helped me to um, discern between the things that were in my control and the things that were not in my control and to start to try and put my energy into the things that were in, in my control, even if that was just a case of just looking after my um, the way that I was, uh, my nervous system, even if that was just trying to find some ways to just try and calm myself through the storm of the cycle of abuse that I was in. So, um, so yeah, so very, very important time in my own journey. So um, if your family violence situation involves drugs or alcohol, then I recommend you to join a group like this to learn all you can and to get the appropriate support. So these days there are a lot of groups which have shifted to online. So um, please, if you can, um, if it's safe for you to do so, try and connect with a group, a support group, an Al-Anon group or a recovery group, just a family group that supports family members who have a family member who is um, affected by a drug or alcohol addiction. And please remember that you are also, and I'm sorry if there's any guys out there listening, but my um, Facebook group is dedicated to being a safe space for women. Um, I'm sure there will be other groups online for you guys, so, but um, Ladies, if you're listening, and please remember that I do have a Facebook group called Rise Up with Tiara's Tears and Tryouts, and you are very welcome to join this group and um, bounce some things off me. Please shoot questions at me about anything. I will try and um, 
help you and support you with your inquiries and just share, you know, from my own experiences and the things that I have learned along the way. Okay. Now, I just, you know, want to just express that at first I felt super ashamed to be in a position where I needed to ask for help. I never thought that I'd be one of those people. Um, but with more time and experience, I realised that life is precarious at best and our freedoms and independence and security can be taken away in the blink of an eye. No one is immune to feeling or being vulnerable in life. We are all human at the end of the day. So what I encourage you to do is to be kind to yourself and show yourself compassion. And if you are someone who is trying to support a victim or a survivor, please show them compassion and reassure them that they are still loved and valued as always, no matter what is going on for them in their lives. Now, the advice I am about to give is not my own, okay? It is taken from the 1-800-RESPECT website, which is the National Sexual Assault Domestic and Family Violence Counselling Service website here in Australia. I want to give credit where credit is due. They are a fantastic support service and would be my recommendation of the first place to go for support and advice for um, victims and survivors of abuse in Australia. Um, but I just want to say, not just for victims and survivors, also, if you are a friend or a family member um, of a victim or survivor of domestic abuse and you would like to get some advice, I would recommend that you also call this service and have a chat with them because they would welcome um, helping you to find ways to support the victim or survivor of an abusive relationship. So I have also created a, a list, a crisis support services list, um, including the 1800 Respect, um, which has website links and contact numbers on it. Um, and you can access this list just by going to www.sandyj.com.au forward slash crisis support list. Um, and that link will also be in the episode notes if you want to just go to the episode notes and click on it that way. And I just want to say before I go over the next bit of important information about 1-800-RESPECT website is that this service is yeah again is not just for victims and survivors so just remember please please if you are listening and you are a family member a colleague or a friend of a victim or survivor you can also use this service so and for those of you listening who are a part of the ripple that is caused by family or domestic violence situation the first thing you can do is to educate yourself more about this so that you can become more empowered as a support person. So um, here we go. Here is some of the material straight from the 1-800-RESPECT website. Okay, so first we're going to cover how to support someone experiencing domestic and family violence is okay to so it is okay to say something if someone you know is experienced domestic or family violence okay so be really clear it is okay to say something and there are some simple things you can do to help including believing them that is the victim or survivor and taking their fears seriously remember that domestic and family violence is not just physical. It can also be emotional, financial, 
spiritual, social, legal, reproductive, and can include stalking and neglect. If you, if sorry, I beg your pardon. If someone you know is experiencing domestic or family violence, you can contact one eight hundred Respect on one eight hundred seven three seven seven three two or through an online chat. Now, if you are a family member, or a friend, or a colleague, and you're asking yourself, how can I support someone? This is what they have to say. Finding out that someone you know is being hurt is always hard. Perhaps you want to help, but you don't know what to do. The good news is that there are simple things you can do that can make a big difference. When someone you know is experiencing domestic or family violence, the way you talk and listen to them makes all the difference. You may be worried about doing the wrong thing, but it is important to know that it is okay to say something. Many people are glad to have the chance to talk about what they are going through. When someone is experiencing violence, they often feel trapped and out of control. These feelings can be made worse if you try to force them to do what you think is best. It is very important that people are supported to make their own choices when they are ready. So here are some ways that you can help. In an emergency or if someone is in danger now, call triple zero immediately. Believe the next thing is to believe them and take their fears seriously. This is important no matter what you think of the person or people who hurt them. Listen without interrupting or judging. Never blame the person experiencing the violence for what has happened to them. Violence is never okay. Don't make excuses for the person who has hurt them. Understand that they may not be ready or it may not be safe for them to leave. Don't try to force them to do what you think is best. Remember that domestic and family violence is not just physical. Help in practical ways with transport, appointments, childminding, or a place to escape to. Help explore options. You or the person you are supporting can call 1800RESPECT or visit their website for more information and support. Some people may need the feel, may need the help of an advocacy support service to explore options. So just contact 1800RESPECT. You can find an advocacy service in your area by searching their service directory, okay? So great um, resources there on their website to go and have a look at. They've got tons and tons of information about everything to do with domestic abuse and they are interlinked and interconnected to all the appropriate support services. So just remember when someone you know is experiencing domestic or family violence, the way you talk and listen to them makes all the difference. So what are the signs of domestic and family violence? This is really important to know these things. People experiencing domestic or family violence may suddenly stop going out with no reason. They may worry a lot about making a particular person angry. They may make a list of excuses for someone else's negative behaviour. They may have marks or injuries on their body that can't be explained or they may excuses for stop spending or they may stop spending time with family and friends, isolating themselves. They may seem scared or worry, wary around a particular person. So they may have a lot of nervous energy. They may seem worried that they are being watched, followed or controlled in some way. A person whose behaviour is violent or abusive may um, act in ways that make the other person scared, put the other person down all the time, make threats to hurt another person, control where someone goes, who they see and speak to, what happens to their money, how and when they can use their phone, car or computer. 
These are all controlling behaviours. Have a lot of rules about how the other person is allowed to behave is another one, and they can get very angry when the other person doesn't follow the rules. So how do you ask someone about domestic and family violence? In the end, the only way to be sure there is a problem is to ask. This might feel hard, but there are things you can do to make it easier. You may be worried that the person experiencing the violence will get angry, upset, or won't want to talk. Um, this may be the case, but often people are glad to be able to talk about what is happening because they're so isolated. So pick a quiet time to talk when the violence isn't happening. Let the person talk at their own pace. Don't push them to say more than they feel ready to. If the person you are talking to doesn't react in the way you hoped, don't take it personally. Let it go for now, but let them know you are there if they need you. It's better to talk to them about the things you've noticed that make you worried than to give your opinion. You can try some questions like, I'm wondering if everything is okay at home, or I noticed you have some bruises. How did that happen? Did someone do that to you? Or I've noticed you seem frightened by your partner or other person you suspect is hurting them. Is, is that right? Is everything okay? So give them the chance to speak in private. Be prepared to listen, but don't force them to speak if they are not ready. If you are someone listening from outside of Australia, that's basically it from the um, 1-800-RESPECT website. But um, please, please, I urge you to search on Google for a domestic or family violence support service in your country um, and for anyone who has anyone who has great support service provider contacts um, that they'd like to share with me so that I can create lists for victims and survivors in other countries please get in contact with me at www.sandyj.com.au I would love and appreciate your help in creating lists for other countries outside of Australia because I'm very aware that there are victims and survivors and um, support people from all around the world who are finding this um, podcast and uh, I would like to be of service to everybody as much as I possibly can so please um, if you have contacts very good contact information please share that and you can do that really easily by just going to www.sandyj.com.au um, and something that speaks to anyone who is listening who is trying to support a victim or a survivor of domestic family abuse, I just want to encourage you to put your own oxygen mask on first. And what I mean by that is take into consideration your own needs to stay well. If you are running yourself into the ground with worry, you won't be your strongest to give the victim or survivor the best support. So please remember your own self-care, your own mental health, your own needs. I often say you can't pour much into someone else's life from a half-empty cup. Family and domestic violence does not does does take a toll on the people who are worrying about the victim or the survivor. So take care of yourself, please, so that you can be strong for others who need you. Now, I haven't even gone into the wide-reaching effects of the ripple because. Um, I've just really focused on the first bit of the ripple, which is largely family, friends and colleagues of victims and survivors and, of course, the children. So there's just been a national summit um, this week in Australia on women, women's safety and it's 
there to talk about gender-based, ending gender-based violence, okay? The Australian government know that this problem has a wide-reaching ripple effect. They are pouring funding into three key areas, um, firstly into safety, secondly into economic security, and thirdly into health. So I, for one, am really happy to see the government giving focus to the key issues and hope that this will have a positive ripple effect. My desire is to see women break free from fear caused by gender-based violence. And my desire is to see women be treated with the care and the respect that they deserve. It's also my desire for women to have economic security, which is often stripped away from women who go through domestic abuse. And my desire is for women to have a path to heal themselves to wellness. My desire is also for women to heal from victimhood and recover and restore by becoming empowered. So I'm going to leave you now on that note and wish you well. But before I go, I wanted to just mention that I have been doing this podcast for a little over a year and I had absolutely no idea when I started this profound effect that it would have on my own life and this podcast started out and is still self-funded so if you are able to support this podcast in continuing and growing there is a link in the episode notes where you can do that this will help me to keep giving my all to victims and survivors of abuse like I said before um, you know if I want to give my all I can't be doing that from a um, half empty cup and I know that you'll understand that and I want to be able to continue to give my all to this podcast and to helping victims and survivors of abuse. I hope that this episode has helped you in your life in some small way, sending you love, light and blessings, Sandy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags 
advisors on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today, sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.